Thanks. What's up? My name is Casey Budge. This is Western Sounds, and today I am here interviewing the one, the only, Bryn Hill. How's it going, man? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to have you on, dude. Uh, so why don't you start off by telling my listeners a little bit about your long, illustrious music career and kind of how you got started playing music? Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, it's been my life. You know, I'm 47 and uh, got my first pan gig when I was 16. So it's about all I know, you know, but uh, just about to re release record, <laughs> record number 17, which is uh, going to be called Horses of War. Just lining that out. Um, you know, I started really uh, because of the cowboy poetry gatherings, but by way of sort of the influence of Ian Tyson and the guy whose hat you're wearing there, Chris Ledoux, both were, were early mentors and kind to me, even though they didn't need to be. And, uh, you know, I went on this uh, big pack trip horse adventure uh, into central Idaho when I was about 12 years old, and somebody had a tape that said cowboyography on it. And me and my buddies, you know, were listening to the, uh, to the Ledoux tapes, you know, in those days. But we, so I just really kind of feel like it was a little divine providence involved in in discovering the music that I did when I was young and fascinated with, you know, all the things that I love, which is, you know, the country I live in and horse horses and and hunting and all that kind of stuff, just life in the great outdoors in the great American West. And I figured I could put, you know, pen to paper pretty easy and and talk about the things I was seeing, especially imagery. You know, I I felt like uh, the words came easy when it was describing places that I'd been and loved. And uh, yeah, and I found an audience there at the Cowboy Poetry Gatherings. You know, I went to Elko in 1990 or 91. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I signed up for the open mic sessions and I recited some poems that I'd written and played played a few songs I'd written. And, and the audience was just receptive, you know, and so... Uh, yeah, kind of the road I've been on ever since. Um, you know, I've had some forays into, you know, into mainstream music world a little bit that were all, you know, not just unsuccessful, but but ungratifying by by all, you know, measures. And so, um, and I don't know about unsuccessful. We did have some, we had a few hits, radio hits in Texas. And I think that was, uh, we were on to something there, but uh, it was an expensive venture and it was far away from home. And, you know, I just always my my kind of Western crowd, you know, uh, Western lifestyle crowd, the ranch, you know, Western agrarians and stuff. That's been my crowd. They call me back uh, and <clears throat> support me so loyally that I feel I really feel indebted to them. You know, I feel a responsibility to tell their story and tell it right. And, uh, you know very few few tools uh at my dispersal when i started in this endeavor and now it's kind of like it's a level playing field in the music world and everything that's you know available to anybody is really available to me and so we just have to figure out ways to navigate that and mine it out and find find more uh you know find more folks to support us and uh the best way that happens, Casey, as you've probably found out with your podcast, is people telling each other about it, you know, and giving yes, it up. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's super interesting that you say that. I was uh, getting ready to ask you a little bit about how, how you feel like the music industry uh, has changed a little bit. And uh, I think that's a really good example of it from what I found from people is anyone, anywhere, anytime can kind of have a breakout moment, a star moment. Uh, it, it just, everything has to line up just right, but it's not just a few people in Nashville deciding what they want, what people want on the radio. It's organic growth through streaming platforms and that sort of thing and other uh, social media networks and that sort of thing. Yeah. In 1996, you know, I went, I got kind of sucked into that Nashville world of there was 23 major labels. Warner Brothers had a Western label, Warner Western. And that was Don Edwards and Red Steagle and Sons of the San Joaquin, Waddy Mitchell at the time. I'm trying to remember who else was on that. But, you know, it's one label for all these artists. And and really, I'm, you know, I'm 30 years at, at a minimum younger, you know, <clears throat> sometimes 40 plus years younger than than the artists that are on that label, you know. So I uh, I was kind of not really finding an inroad there, <clears throat> and uh, and you know the songs I was writing at the time, you know there was so much money in in country music and people bought so many CDs in the mid '90s. Those of us who were around remember what a big deal it was to get a CD player in your truck. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you collected CDs and you had uh, you know a CD case that was full of the, full of the music, you know, and CDs were 18 bucks and uh, you know, it, it just, that created a lot of, uh, a lot of money. And so, you know, <clears throat> I think some of that world kind of looked, looked at me as, as somebody who could maybe kind of fit the West into it. And, you know, I, I kind of knew that that wasn't going to work. They weren't really listening to me when I was saying that it doesn't really work, you know, these people out here are authentic and you can't, you know, you can't morph something that is real to, you know, to fit what, you know, channels you guys have established. It's, if it's not real, these folks aren't going to support me anymore, you know? And <clears throat> I was just fortunate because there was a distributor in, uh, over in Boulder, Colorado, that had been, uh, that was actually also a record label. They were called Red Feather, and they were distributing Native American music to all of the gift shops and museums and uh, national parks, and they were selling a ton of music. And uh, I ended up playing at this little cowboy poetry gathering in Morrison, Colorado, and I'd made, you know, a couple of records. I think I was working on Deeper Than Mud, and I'd made Range Fire, and... Uh, lady comes up she says hey i i run this little distributor would you consider selling your cds you know and it's like well i get you know 15 bucks when i sell them off stage how much do you pay she says oh we pay 750 you know it's wholesale mm -hmm. scratching my chin i'm like man that's that cuts it in half you know and she says but we'll buy a hundred of them <laughs> yeah for right off the bat so i'm like yeah deal so that was kind of and I got into the music business through the back door, really, you know, and, and then they became a record label. They licensed all that Warner Western stuff. And uh, it just sort of started this movement, you know, where uh, there was some coattails I could grab onto and, and uh, you know, launch myself in. And, and then, you know, the music biz morphed and changed, you know, 50 ways since then. Uh, yeah. 
you know, 5,000 ways since then, really. And, uh, you know, it's all about streaming and, and, uh, you know, we're trying to, I think we're, we're trying to hold on to whatever revenue generating machine we can, you know, and when really it's just, uh, I think the day's going to come when, you know, our music is showing up to play to folks live. Mm -hmm. And in a way that's what it's always been, you know, people want to meet, meet the artist. They want to talk to the artist. They want, they want to share their story with the artist and, and vice versa. And, and that's really what it's all about. So I pound the pavement, you know, 60 to 75 dates a year. Yeah, I, uh, it, it was super cool. I had never seen you before. I've been a fan of you for a long time since I was uh, high school rodeoing in Idaho and that sort of thing. And I uh, got super hooked on uh, like your equine album and that sort of thing um, is, is kind of when I jumped on. And then I just finally got the opportunity to see you live when you came to uh, Ladue Days this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was yeah. a great. It was it was a very fun show. You know, Ned and Peggy and of course, Chris, uh, when he was alive and well, was were so supportive. And I just appreciate that. Mark Sissel, the uh, road manager for Western Underground, you know, and, and Bobby Jensen was the keyboard player in Western Underground originally when when Chris was touring. And uh, he grew up in Ogden, Utah here, and he was a mentor to me early on. So, yeah, I really, I really feel fortunate to have a, a tie there to the Ledoux family and, and that organization. And, um, you know, my, my mentors and my heroes, Casey, became my friends. And, you know, Don Edwards, uh, Michael Martin Murphy's a great friend. Red Stiegel is a great friend. Um, Ian Tyson was a great friend. Ledoux was a great friend. Um, you know, these guys, they, they are still iconic to me. You know, I look at them, that, that was the music that inspired me to do this and, and sent me down the road, you know, that I'm on in life and, you know, gave me that conviction to, to keep it cowboy at all costs, you know? And, uh, and those guys became my friends. I had a son go through cancer and, you know, those guys rallied together. Waddy Mitchell and Michael Martin Murphy came over here and did a benefit concert for my son. And Ian Tyson organized and ex executed the, the first benefit for my son. And so you can just imagine what it feels like, you know, to have, have uh, you know, these guys you've looked up to all your life become your friends. And, you know, now, you know, they're passing on. Don Edwards passed on last year. Baxter Black, Ian Tyson. Uh, left these big gaping holes that, you know, boots that'll never be filled. Um, but I do, you know, in their absence, I feel a, a great sense of responsibility to carry this genre as far as I can. And and hopefully, you know, as you say, you were young, you know, you're a college student now, you were rodeoing in high school, and and that's when you came upon my stuff. And, and hopefully that's, you know, offered you some conviction to do what you're doing. And, send you on the path in your life and that's really the that's the best we can hope for you know as artists in this genre is to inspire other people to to keep it cowboy for the rest of their lives you know and uh you know i don't i argue with people who say the cowboy is a dying breed i think the future is bright you know i think we got young people now who riding bronx better than ever you know and and riding barrel horses <laughs> better than ever. <laughs> 
we're open better than ever, you know, and, uh, you know, the horsemanship is, uh, who, who'd ever thought that it would get to this level, you know, or the, or the, yeah, the breeding and the cattle industry also, you know, we've got cattle that are, that are resilient. Um, obviously, you know, we still have a lot of disasters here in the West drought and, and this epic winter, you know, that killed a lot of calves here, but for the most part, you know, we've developed, uh, the the industry and and the people that are in it and uh i just feel so blessed and responsible to uh to tell the story the way it really is it's awesome what's what's one of the favorite what's one of your favorite stories that you've uh like, like one of your favorite cowboy stories that you've turned into a song and kind of tell me about the process of that of that oh you know i'd have to be monster on your back really i think you know that song's been so good to us during the first uh, sort of the first time my music career went away was the uh, recession of 07, 08, you know, when the mm-hmm. mortgage industry, you know, the financial industries went crazy and the bottom dropped out of the financial markets. And so uh, all of my gigs kind of, I mean, most of them went away, you know, and uh, I got an opportunity to you know, to get on the back of a horse a little bit. And I went on a ride with Bill Hadlock and, and his son and his grandson. Bill managed the old Barbie ranch here, the Browning family spread all his life, literally until almost right up until he passed away just a few years ago. And, uh, you know, we're heading up Gertson Canyon, this big steep shale rock or rattlesnake infested country, you know, and we're going to go up on the flat mountain there and gather these cows and move them a little bit. And, uh, Bill's riding a big old bay, kind of long, leggy bay colt. I said, gosh, Bill, that's a beautiful bay colt you're riding. He says, yeah, you know, he's coming along pretty well, but he still thinks there's a monster around every tree. And one of these days, he's got to learn the monsters on his back. So good. Yeah, you know, and it, it was the same thing. The chill went up my my spine, you know, and I thought, man. And I rode with Bill that day and watched him work, you know. I'm a young horse. He was, a, you know, a 60-something-year-old guy uh mid to latter 60s uh been there done it seen it all just cowboy you know just a cowboy to the core and uh you know we sat under a little stand of quakey trees that day and i you know i knew no bill and and some of his friends the guys he was you know grew up with my uncle was one of them and and they were always good really good buddies and i said hey you know in your lifetime you know you've you've seen guys around you have you know huge success and some guys that you know weren't so lucky I said you know who if you had it to do again what what would you do he said man I'd be a cowboy for 10 lifetimes if I had him he says I've had it better than anybody that I know and uh you know that just uh that just really stuck with me that day and by the time I think I got back you know got my horse loaded in the trailer that afternoon I think I had half of that song written. I finished it down in Emory County and uh, we were playing a benefit for some miners down there. The The uh, coal mine had caved in and, and killed six miners. And we were down there playing a benefit concert for the family. And and uh, yeah, the rest of that song just kind of fell out on the paper. And, you know, it's, as the industry would say, it's a multi-platinum single now. And uh, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, that means that every uh, 
every once in a while, my wife can buy the name brands at the grocery store. You oh know? boy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, that's, that's amazing. So you talked about how you're really good at capturing imagery. And I, uh, I, I want to talk about that a little bit more. What's, what's one of the, what's one of your favorite kind of pieces of imagery that you've ever put into a song? You know, I think, um, there's, there's quite a few, I think like Bruno Canyon, I think is, mm-hmm. um, when I listen to that song, I think, man, I, I did tell the story of what I saw that day, you know, um, that's huge country over there around Grassmere and Bruno. And, um, you know, I rode this Colt that day that I wasn't really sure wasn't going to buck me off, you know, in that lava rock over there. And, uh, I spent half the day riding alone and then we branded it road deer, which is the first time I'd ever done that. And, uh, and then we trailed these cows back across the desert, <laughs> you know, he's like, well, we're just going to ride them back, you know, to the ride him back to the uh, corrals at the home ranch there. And I thought to myself, we're a long ways from here. <laughs> and, you know, there we are riding almost in the dark. And um, so, I look, you know, a song like that, it's it's like, man, I, I painted the picture that told the story, you know, and, um, you know, I think, uh, I think uh, Buckaroo Fringe is probably another song that does that pretty well. Ode to Selway. Um, I, I love Ode to Selway. It's it's one of my favorite, absolute favorite songs of yours. And you know, I think the the way, the reason I've been able to write in such a way that you know really does capture the imagery in an authentic way, is because I listen to guys like Ian Tyson and Gordon Lightfoot, and uh, you know the singer songwriter genre, the guys that really painted pictures with words and and united emotions you know, that we all feel and with imagery that at least us as, as Westerners, you know, see and, and dream about when you're, you know, you're sitting in class or you're sitting in front of a computer screen, you're sitting in an office or whatever, you know, not doing, living the life you wish you could live. Uh, you know, if, if you can take people out of their immediate circumstance and put them where their heart is, uh, you know, that's, that's a song that, that's going to stick around for a while. Yes, sir. So uh, you talk so much about Ian Tyson. What's, what's one of your favorite songs of his? Well, that's a tough call. You know, I think, um, I think it would be out of three songs, you know, he and Tom Russell wrote uh, uh, together. They wrote Navajo rug, the gift, mm-hmm. you know, is probably in my mind, one of the greatest cowboy songs ever written that, you know, the story of Charlie Russell, uh, and then 50 years ago, mm-hmm. I think for me, you know, I, I struggle. I, there's so many great cowboy songs. I think about the old double diamond, which is uh, Gary McMahon, you know, and um, you know, even modern stuff like the the cowboy song by Roy Robinson. Um, 50 years ago is just, it, it's, uh, it's so just, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's just so accurate in its imagery and it's uh, nostalgia, and, uh, you know, there's a, a deep feeling of regret uh, in that song, you know, and I think, I, for some reason, I think that that guys that choose this way of life, you know, are always looking back a little bit, you know, always looking at, uh, could I have, could I have stayed with that bronc one more lick, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
could I have made that relationship work? Um, and uh, so I, I think 50 years ago captures that in a way that nothing else does. I still, to this day, I kind of think that's probably the greatest cowboy song ever written. I'd, I'd have to agree with you. I'm, I'm a bit partial to uh, The Rodeo's Over with, with him and Corb. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. That's, that's, that's one of my absolute favorite songs of all time. Um, man, what can we kind of look forward to on your upcoming album? What's, what's one, one song or a few songs that you're really excited about? Yeah, you know, I'd have, this is, these are the best songs I've written in my opinion. Um, and, uh, for, you know, a lot of reasons, I think, uh, so Horses of War uh, follows the horse through all the battles, you know, major battles in human history, not all of them, but a lot of them. And is a, you know, the, the war horse is an unknown hero, somebody that we owe a lot to uh, in terms of how we progressed. And, uh, you know, it was inspired by, uh, you know, they made a movie about this. A guy was at the hunting lodge here uh, that was in that original group that went into Afghanistan right after 9-11. Movie's called 12 Strong, you know, and we had all this technology, drones, uh, you know, uh, enhanced radar, stuff like that. And and these guys are riding horseback, you know, against tanks. And so, um you know, Horses of War is is definitely a song. Neighborhood Colt Breaker on this record is, uh, it's kind of along the lines of a monster on your back, but uh, it was inspired by Rodney Nelson, uh, who's a cowboy poet from uh, South Dakota that passed away a few years ago. Rodney was riding colts up until, I mean, right almost until he died, you know, and um, those guys to me are the the real deal, you know, guys that just, they just cowboy to the end. And um, and so I think, you know, Neighborhood Colt Breaker sort of captures that. It's a song I love to play live because it's kind of gritty and, uh, you know, got a, I blow a mouth harp, you know, through it. It's blues, bluesy mouth harp and stuff. So, um, but uh, there's a song called Live in Fear and uh, another song called Easy Rain, uh, you know, near and dear to me. So I, yeah, this this body of work, Whiskey and Fire, is a song that I wrote about. Uh, I read a story about a guy that really was on the trail drives from Texas and then Montana, you know, and just yeah. saw, saw the West in that time. Stories of him dodging arrows, you know, and stuff. Um, and so uh, there's just a bunch of stuff on this record that I think uh, is, is, like I say, the best, uh, the most well-crafted songs that I, I think I've, I've written and uh, I say that knowing that, uh, you know, I had this little burst of uh, maybe coming out of the pandemic. I don't know. I, um, but I had this sort of burst of creativity. Uh, I was home a lot during the pandemic. All the gigs went away, did a lot of stuff around here, you know, poured concrete, built fences, whatever I could do to stay alive, hung out with my family. Um, and I just wrote songs like crazy. You know, I just, um put the pen back in my hand and the guitar and and I kind of you know wasn't writing you know for any other reason just the joy of it and to tell the stories and uh so I think I I got some of the best stuff I've had on this record um I've also got a a live record uh actually it's going to be a two vinyl 
uh, my first foray into vinyl, and it'll it's called Outfitter Chronicles and and uh, Live at the Crooked Eight from a concert I did earlier this year. And the Outfitter Chronicles are just a bunch of songs that my Outfitter buddies, you know, have asked me to pair together. So, which I just found out today, I have I have some severe duration limitations with vinyl. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the one of the really hard parts. I think uh, it, it's super funny. Uh, the new Zach Bryant Zach Bryant album that came out last year, they had to put it on like four vinyls because it's like thirty four songs or something like that. It's crazy. <laughs> Me, yeah, maybe I should try that, but uh, it's kind of got fangs, you know. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, so I've been pairing these uh, these uh, down actually today and trying to make that happen. But you know, and as far as that goes, I you know, I may maybe I have too simple a mandate for the food, but I just I just intend to keep, keep writing the songs and and telling the story as best I can. Um, it's no easy endeavor you know, it's, it's harder all the time, I think, to continue to be creative and relevant. Um, but that's really where I find the greatest joy too. you know, you, a lot of people say, what's your favorite song you've ever written? I said, what's the next one? Because I'm always trying to look ahead, you know, and I, I want to be continually progressing. And I think, you know, I've been playing guitar better than I've been, I injured my arm in 2015. It took me years to get get back to where I thought I was playing guitar pretty well again I think I'm playing better than I ever have so so I'm not roping right now oh man <laughs> that, that's a big bummer yeah or riding young horses but uh but I'm playing good guitar and uh I'm singing you know and having just having a blast mostly at the gigs you know I've done some great stuff with some friends like I was on this uh project with Andy Hedges Roll On Cowboys and you know I was I was amazed. He called me and he says, well, I'm going to, th I think I'm going to make our duet, which is a Bob Campbell song, the title track. And, and then, you know, the next call was, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put this whole thing together live at the Cactus Theater. And I've got everybody, but like one artist there or something. So, you know, I've done some of this stuff this year. It's just been a phenomenal year. And, and uh, really, I just keep, plan to keep keep doing it, you know, keep forging on and, and, uh, keep telling the story the way, you know, the best I can. And, um, the, you know, the thing that I have going for me is just the great people out in front of me. And we don't have, we don't have, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of screaming fans. We, we might be lucky to have hundreds, but it's not how many, but who it is. And a lot of these folks are first generation off the land. They're still working it their hearts and souls are there no matter what. And, you know, they coming up to me afterwards and sharing their stories. And um, I just, uh, I feel so fortunate to have, have such a supportive, you know, base of supporters that uh, I don't think I'll ever run out of stuff to write about, you know, yeah. if, I can, if I can just keep, keep getting after it and doing it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, talk to me, Brent. I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. I know you're super busy, but I really do appreciate it. I'm looking so much forward to your new album. Uh, it sounds absolutely incredible. And I look forward to hopefully getting to see you again live sometime soon. Yeah, looking forward to it, Casey. Hope you uh, will be able to say hello and uh, chat in person. And thanks for doing this. Thanks for keeping us, uh, keeping us in front of a few more people. And God bless and good luck there in Laramie. 
Yes, sir. Uh, if you want to tell the people where they can find you on social media and stuff. Yeah, Bryn Hill Music. So Facebook or, or Instagram is Bryn Hill Music. Um, and, uh, you know, the website is brynhill.com. I know uh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up here. Uh, I don't know when you, I don't know when you roll this podcast, but, uh, you know, we got some stuff over Labor Day weekend. The next weekend I'm playing at Millard County Fair in, in uh, Fillmore, Utah. Uh, in the fall, we've got a we got a cowboy gathering in Grand Junction and and uh, Outlaw Days in Green River. I know I'm going to be back at Elko uh, in 2024 and down at Alpine, Texas, 2024 for the Lone Star Cowboy Poetry Gathering. So a lot of stuff coming up. I try to keep the schedule as current as I can, and and that's the best way to uh, keep up with me. Drop me a line and and uh, you know tell me what you want to hear when you're coming to a concert, and give me a few days because. Uh, I'm old now and I have to have to rebrand it in my mind. Yes, sir. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Western Sounds. Uh, be sure to check us out anywhere on any streaming platforms. Tell your friends and tell your friends about Bren Hill. Thank you so much for coming on, Bren. Thanks, Casey. God bless. Take care. God bless you, too.